Welcome to Two Chicks, Three Seats, the podcast that takes a look at the hospitality industry's hottest topics. Two Chicks, Three Seats is hosted by Kate Kennedy and Rachel Calkins and is brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader in event management software. Find out more about Triple Seat at TripleSeat.com. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Two Chicks, Three Seats. If you tuned into last week's episode, you may recall that we discussed some new ideas that restaurants could try to mix things up for the winter, and of course, in preparation for the second wave of coronavirus, which, to be honest, most of the country is currently dealing with right now. One of the examples we mentioned were the amazing virtual experiences that the Boca Restaurant Group, located in Chicago, put together for the upcoming holiday season. Today we are joined by Ariana Fabia. Fabia, did I say that right? I feel like it's Fabia, but don't even worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I say it wrong every time. It's okay. Okay, Fabia. (laughs) I got it now. Boker Group's Director of Event Sales, and she is going to discuss with us today their new offerings and how they are prepared for the second wave of the pandemic. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ariana. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're so glad you're here today. Um, So why don't we start off with a quick introduction from you so that our listeners can get to know you a bit more and a little bit about your background as well. Sure. Yeah. So I am from the suburbs of Chicago originally. I went to college at Bradley University in Peoria. And my first job out of school was working for an office furniture manufacturer, actually selling office furniture, which super glamorous. Um, but <laughs> it was like, it was a business development program, which really set me up for a lot of successes in general. Um, they moved me out to California. I did business development out there for a little over a year and then uh, decided to pursue hospitality, uh, worked for a catering company in Chicago for a few years. Um, and now I'm with Boca um, doing director of event sales. Um, I started with Boca three years ago. Actually, next week will be my three-year anniversary, Um, so it's really exciting. Yeah, thanks. And I started with just one location, uh, Momotaro, which is our Japanese concept, and then got another location called Belmore, which is New American Cuisine. Um, And then in January, I moved into this director of event sales role, which oversees a majority of the locations. I do have a counterpart um, that oversees the hotels, um, but I focus on the restaurants specifically. Awesome. I think we met... When I was in Chicago, yes. we had a party people event, right? At Momotaro. Yes. So yes. yes. I knew because Rachel asked me if, if we had met. And I'm like, well, I know I've emailed ten times. <laughs> and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we met in person at that event. So. Yeah. I feel like I take up probably 90% of everyone's time at Triple C. Well, also, all of our customers seem to know Kate, regardless of if they met her or not, because she's like the face of all of our marketing emails. So, (laughs) I am, I am, and I used to do support, so you know, you know, a lot of customers that way. Yeah, Um, but no, that was such a beautiful space and concept, and the food was amazing. So, um, thanks. Yeah. 
I love it. Well, we could dive right into the wonderful conversation of COVID mm-hmm. <laughs> across the industry. We love that. We love that topic on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But so Ariana, could you start by giving us an overview about how COVID has impacted the Boca Group since March, um, maybe covering like the reopening process you guys have gone through over the past months, any physical changes, what the events status has looked like during this time, everything like that. Yeah, of course. So March, uh, when the stay-at-home order occurred, um, it kind of not necessarily came out of nowhere, but we were not prepared to stay open and do a takeout model. Um, So Boca Restaurant Group actually closed everything completely for a month or two. And then we kind of reevaluated everything. And our main priority was making sure that everybody was safe, including our staff, uh, first of all, our staff, and secondly, our um, patrons that do dine with us as well as would do pickup and delivery. So we just slowly started opening locations for takeout. Definitely not something we've ever done before, especially being more of an upscale restaurant group with um, <laughs> a Michelin star restaurant, Michelin star chefs. Um, so it was definitely something that was uh, crazy to start doing. We started slowly opening and We didn't focus on doing events right off the bat, um, just because we weren't really able to bring staff back on right away due to like financials and everybody went through that. But then once uh, the PPPs were available, we were able to bring back our event staff. And that was the time we had, they basically, our management was like, you guys have eight weeks, (laughs) start a new program, figure it out. Because if you guys can do this, then we can keep people on. So it was really cool to like have a team of people. And typically we have about 20 people on our staff for events, um, but we did reduce it down to around eight. Um, So it was basically like eight people, let's brainstorm and figure out a way to get events going again. Um, The restaurants moved to that takeout only model. um, And then once phase four, I believe in Chicago began, was when we were able to open for um, indoor dining. We did not open right away. So we've really erred on the side of caution as well as making sure that like we're not doing anything until we know that everybody that would be inside our restaurants or coming to pick up food would be safe. Right. That makes sense. So you had a couple events then during this COVID time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Go? I think, I mean, I thought they went well, the ones that I was on site for. I think it's always a challenge when someone's like, we're doing a private event, so we should have the full private space to ourselves and not need to follow guidelines. Um, And so the first few events that we had, we had issues with that, but it was really easy to pivot from. And honestly, the guests were pretty great about it. We just have to more explain why. But what we started doing was sending a health and safety guidelines to our guests, as well as including it in our contract so that they were aware like, hey, we're doing this to protect you. So our rules are, you need, and all the rules that we had set in place, or we are calling them guidelines, were from what the government had provided. So basically 10 people max. Well, then they reduced it to six people max. So we went down to six people. You have to wear your mask if you're walking around the restaurant, but once you're seated, you don't have to wear your mask. Mm -hmm. Um, To recently, I think about two months ago, they were like, you have to wear your mask if you're speaking to service staff which was very important to us as restaurants because they're the ones who are actually face-to-face with people every day. So it was basically just continuing to evolve that document. Um, But we followed all the rules. It was, 
you have to follow the same rules in Illinois and Chicago, which I believe is one of the stricter areas right now. Six people max per table, six feet apart. Um, so just as long as we told the clients that like that was the situation, then they were okay with it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we didn't have corporate diners with us at all. It was all pharmaceutical, medical device, and social, mostly like micro weddings. Right, right. That makes sense. And I feel like those people are more, you know, I mean, especially the pharmaceutical people, they're probably like, yeah, we, we'll we'll do all of that right now. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I, like, I, I sent one, our health and safety guidelines, and I always would get on the phone with somebody before I sent the contract to be like, listen, this is like the guidelines that we have. I just want you to be aware because I don't want you to come on site and be upset that we're actually like following all the rules. And every time they're like, well, yeah, we want everybody wearing masks. And I was like, great. Thank you so much. You're making my job so easy. That's- that's nice because we hear so many horror stories and, you know, and I think most of them have taken place in probably more Southern states that I won't mention, but and people just like losing their mind at being told to wear a mask and, you know, right. and, and everything that goes along with that. And it's super frustrating mm-hmm. to see that. So it's nice that, you know, that you guys didn't have to deal with stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that framing it in a way of, and this was one thing that we were successful with was framing it in a way that like, we're not only doing this for us, we're doing this for you so that you can continue to come and dine and feel safe. Right. Right. So once we started framing it that way, which is also the truth, then it was really easy for people to be like, Oh, okay, fine. And I I think it's obviously also good that you guys had some success and you've established what it looks like having events during COVID because it's going to take a little bit of time for things to be actually back to normal. So we're going to be in this stage for a bit. So it's nice that you guys had the opportunity to have some experiences. Once you're able to do it again, you already know how it can go. So that's great. Yep. I totally agree with that. Uh, Well, I was going to say like, that's awesome for the in-person events and then what Kate said at the beginning, um, how you guys are doing some amazing holiday virtual mm-hmm. events. So first I wanted to ask about the, like how virtual events started before we talked about specifically about the holiday ones, like where that started in your reopening process. Um, was that right away? And how did you guys really brainstorm that even before the holidays? Yeah. So we basically had our rockstar team, um, honestly, the first thing I want to say is that my sales team is the best. They work so hard and have so many great ideas. The one benefit is that a lot of these people um, have been in the industry for a while in restaurants, but we've all been in different areas of the restaurants or events business. So we're able to kind of create things that are from all different angles successful So really, uh, May, I believe, is when we were able to bring people back. And we just had a brainstorming session and we were like, what can we do so that if we can't do things in restaurants, like assuming there's a surge, whatever, we need to make sure that we can continue to bring in revenue if we can't host people inside. So obviously, virtual was the thing. And I think that everybody was doing that at one point in May. Um, virtual cocktail classes, anything. So one day we just like everybody came to a meeting and we, an hour long, everyone just threw whatever they could out. And we just wrote a whole list. And then we were like, okay, Brian, you go figure out what to do with the Oktoberfest package, the cocktail class, the this, the that, the this. Tomorrow have us some answers. Kathleen, go figure these out. And so then each person was assigned a specific type of virtual class that we had come up with. 
50% of them didn't make it to the final thing because we were like, this was ideally a good idea, but when we put it on paper, it just doesn't work. So we put that together. Um, and then our marketing team actually created a site. Have you, have you guys seen the experience site yet? I assume you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah. So then my manager, Taylor, who's our director of sales and marketing, her and Rebecca, who is kind of our digital creator, put together this fantastic website. Um, and we have links to our triple seat lead forms on the website. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so really been like utilizing that site and sending it out um, in all of our email correspondence um, for people who want to go check it out. Uh, it's bocagrp.com backslash experience. And it's a really cool site. You can see everything that we're offering. Um, our prices are somewhat flexible, so we don't include those on the site, but it's, it's really been great. But yeah, we put everything together and have just slowly been selling things. And our mindset was let's win every single event that we can. So we'd get on the phone with somebody and they'd be like, well, we actually want to do this, this, and this. And we would be like, okay, cool. Yeah, we can do that. And then we'd be like, oh crap, what did we just sign up for? (laughs) Go and basically sit and be like, okay, what are we packaging in? What uh, are the laws behind redistributing liquor in the state of Illinois? Um, there's an association that was put together and it's called Cocktails for Hope. And um, it was put together by uh, Julia Mose, who is part of Bar Kumiko. Um, and she actually spearheaded it so that we could sell cocktails individually because that was illegal in the city of Chicago. So it was a matter of like learning all the rules behind that, working through how to ship things properly. Um, as well as just like, what do we need from our team to make this happen? So it was really, honestly, we all joked. We were like, we've never felt like we don't know how to do our job because (laughs) we would sit there and we'd be like, how do we even make this happen? And we are so lucky because we have the best clients and partners who let us make mistakes with them and gave us the best feedback and so now we're able to just be like, okay, cocktail kits, that's how this works. Virtual chef class, here's the packaging. Oh, you need us to ship five things to California? Awesome. We're going to package these ones a specific way and the ones that we're hand delivering a specific way. Wow. Um, so it's it's honestly been a really cool learning experience for us as well. Do you think that it's something like when this is all over, hopefully someday, um, <laughs> that you guys continue to do on the side maybe? Like because you've had so much success with it? Or do you think that... You know, I mean, every, when it, once everything goes back to normal, I know that the your job is insane as it is. So um, not sure if you guys would have the time, but. I mean, we're definitely anticipating being able to do these through next year. Um, like we have events on the books for January, February and March already um, that are virtual. So, I mean, we. I don't see why we would stop doing them if there's a market for it, right? We, I, in my head, and this is just my thoughts, it's not the company's thoughts, but I'd assume that once like the vaccine is readily available to the masses and um, things start clearing up, I would assume that people are going to be so stir crazy that they're going to be like, I never want to do a Zoom class again. Um, So I, I, I personally don't think that these will continue past that, but we would be ready to do them if we need to, you know? Yeah. 
I think that you guys had such great ideas. Like I haven't seen, Thanks. I haven't seen ideas like this from anywhere else. I feel like <laughs> when Thanks. we were reading them on, on last week's podcast, I like went absolutely bananas for the present wrapping one. I was like, this is genius. <laughs> yeah. And, and the DJ who does it is what? so much fun. Oh um, my God. And, and I guess that also brings me to a point as well. One thing that we tried to do was we were like, who are our corporate partners that we've worked with before that have given us business or we've given them business that we can push. So like the DJ um, one, we have the wreath making one with flowers for dreams. And then we also um, partner with Kehoe uh, and they're all three local companies that we knew would be hurting for business as well as us. So we were like, how can we partner and like use that to sell more classes? Yeah. Great. It's genius. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. Um, and then yeah. you guys on the website, I saw you also had like the holiday gift guide um, yeah. and just different ways to show catering as well. Like I feel like it it goes beyond just the basic kit that some restaurants do, which is like way to go on you guys. That's super creative. Yeah, um, with the corporate gift guide, it's been really fun because we we have really great relationships with our chefs. Um, they're partners. So they have some type of ownership in the restaurant that they're in, um, which really makes them a little bit more invested typically. So we have had a really fun time being able to like sit down with our chefs and be like, Jean San, who he's over Momotaro. I need to sell your stuff because this is like our main like sales piece right now since indoor dining's closed. Um, here's what I want to do. What can you help me with? So like him and I actually sat down yesterday and went through and we're going to create this really cool gift box for like Japanese teas and Japanese tea cookies. And so people can purchase these via the website. Um, and they just put an inquiry in through triple C and we then call them and plan it all. Um, and we're doing like some of these kits were selling like 150 at a time. Wow. Some are like 20, some are 50. Um, our minimum order for anything is 10 people. Um, but we do have some partners. Like we had a, we have a virtual class tonight with a company who they only had seven people, but they bought the the meal kit. So we were able to just do seven meal kits and call it a day. But yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Um, and another thing we've started doing is charities Um, We're reaching out to different charities and seeing how we can partner with them for their fundraisers. Um, So selling them our meal kits at a lower rate. Um, So if there's any charities that are listening to this, you can reach out to us, but we'll sell our boxes at a specific rate so that then they can resell them and do anything with like, they can charge whatever they'd like for their like ticket. Right. Um, and they get to fundraise and then we also are able to make some revenue and assist them in that process because there's zero dollar investment from the charity. And it's helping out so many other businesses and charities in your area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure, you know, in not not Chicago as well, because it's not like yeah. in those other places. So yeah, it's really I'm looking at the website again now too. <laughs> they did such a good job building it. I've I'm not a artist in the least bit. Like I cannot put together. I just learned how to use InDesign and every time I do it and then I send it to Taylor, my boss, and I'm like, can you just make this look pretty? Like I can input stuff, but yeah. like nothing further than that. I can do Excel. You call me about Excel and I can always all about it. 
This is a great job. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a beautiful website and it's definitely mm-hmm. all of these things are great. We'll put it in the um the notes under the this episode of the podcast too, so everyone can find it there as well. Thank um, you. Welcome. Awesome. So I feel like we've we've talked a little bit maybe about this, but just kind of like as we've transitioned from the first part of the pandemic into now this second part, second wave, what has kind of changed in your mindset? And maybe what are some lessons that you learned from the start of the pandemic that you've learned from and now you've changed as you go into this next wave of what's to come? Yeah, I, I definitely think that we have learned an incredible amount. Again, like how I said, we've now moved to a takeout only model, um, as well as the virtual events. I, I think that we've started understanding how, (laughs) first of all, seeing how much work each individual is putting into these things is incredible. I, I definitely think that learning wise, we've learned kind of like when we are able to reopen exactly how we need to function. Um, like I, I know one of the questions we had talked about before was, how have we adjusted inside the restaurant? Um, so we'll still have all of that stuff ready to go and those health and safety guidelines. So I think that now, because we've already gone through this, we are actually so prepared for when it is time to reopen and welcome people back, pending that the guidelines will be similar. The good thing is that uh, Pritzker, who is the governor of Illinois, he has like these scaled, they're called mitigations or phases. And each phase is still exactly the same as it was the first time. Okay. So we know when we go into phase, we're in phase, we got moved back to mitigation three, which is like our phase three, Mm -hmm. which closes all um, indoor dining. Um, And Chicago had an advisory that recommended that already. Um, But he put in that mitigation and it's kind of like, okay, well, we've done this before. So it, it was a little easier to shift back to that. It's unfortunate because we were really feeling like in the groove of things. But again, like this time, it's all about the safety of our staff and guests. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I feel like I've listened to some of the press conferences that your governor has done on like CNN and stuff. And and I feel like he does a really good job of being clear about everything, Mm -hmm. which is something that I feel like sometimes here on like on the East Coast, we don't always get that. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like, there isn't really clear phases. And and when they say we're like heading back in the opposite direction, but like not quite in a phase, you know what I mean? It's not very like, it's not as solid. So, um, I mean, although it sucks, obviously, I think (laughs) at least you have like a a set of guidelines that exist that you can, you know, move to and, and understand for that much. Totally. That does stink. We're heading there now. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's coming our way. <laughs> and like, um, the the thing is, and we actually, it, it's it's frustrating, right? Because again, like safety of everybody is again. I know I've said that like seven times, but it is so important that we keep our staff and our patrons safe. So when Lightfoot, who is our mayor, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, she issued a stay at home advisory, which is different from an order because it's like. You don't have to stay home, but we are urging you to stay home. Right. Um, and as a company, we just looked at that and we were like, we're not comfortable following this. And then also like marketing that people should be coming into our restaurant. If the mayor is saying everybody stay home, they're not issuing an order. Right. So like, you don't have to follow it, but they're like, please follow this. Yeah. Um, 
so as a company, we were just like, our hands are tied because although we did have everything set in place to keep people safe, it was just like, how can you go against the mayor when she's urging people and begging people to stay at home? And Dr. Arwadi, um, who is part of the Illinois um, medical team is saying, no, don't, don't go out, stay home. Don't even get in big groups. So that was, that was a tough decision because we, we were still functioning. And it's not easy, right? It's not easy to close your door no, and open them again. Absolutely not. And, and I think people forget how difficult it is to like close and reopen a business, right? So like, for example, in restaurants, like we, we closed down. We have to fully clean out all of our fridges. We have to fully move all the alcohol into a, a locked room. The staff itself then like all gets furloughed because service staff, like if we close a restaurant, you have to think about all of those people and dishwashers and people who receive the product and everything. Like we just, you can't keep those people employed, which is first of all, devastating. Um, And then the work and investment it takes to go and open these restaurants. Again, once you're closed, there's so much financials that go into it that people just don't realize in time. So like, for example, when Governor Pritzker said, okay, we're going into phase four, everybody can reopen indoor dining in three days. We were just like, that is impossible. Right. So we got the, like, we were made aware that it might be happening soon when we did start to reopen in the summer, but being told like, hey, you got three days, let's open. It's like, wait a minute. And it was great because we had an outpouring of support. Client customers were like, when can we come? When can we come? When can we come? And we're like, we're not open yet. And I think it took us a week and a half to two weeks after that to actually start reopening the business. Yeah. Yeah. You think that they give you more time. Like we're thinking, (laughs) like I don't think, well, I don't think any of them have ever worked in a restaurant, right? So they're like, why don't you just open your doors? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, we would love to do that. And like nothing against them. I'm not talking bad about right or Lightfoot, but it's like it, it's just so the the guidelines sometimes are just unrealistic when you're trying to run a business mm-hmm. and we get it like I don't think anybody's ever been in this situation before but it's it's been it's been tough on a lot of people you know we're good like we're gonna make it through but it's it's been a ride it's been a ride <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely been a ride. There's been a lot of ups and downs. And yeah, yeah I know, I know. We, I mean, obviously we're not at Triple C. We don't work like within a restaurant um, setting, mm-hmm. but I feel like we sort of felt like we were going through it with our customers in a way. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's just devastating to get emails where you're like, oh my God, I wish there was more I could do to like help. I wish like triple seed had a magic button that could like solve your problems because it's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, really. Yeah. I guess. And, and going on that, like a lot, that's something that a lot of people have reached out to me and been like, how can I help you guys? Um, a lot of restaurants and sorry, I know I'm going off in a tangent now, but a lot of restaurants have, uh, donation areas. Um, a lot of restaurants, uh, Illinois Restaurant Association, I believe, has a donation spot where you can donate and they have a fund. Boca Restaurant Group, we are um, providing our furloughed staff with Thanksgiving dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know there's some sort of fundraiser behind that happening or we're, our partners that we purchase from are assisting us. But um, we do have, like, we call it the BRG fund. Um, 
anybody that can donate, uh, that would be awesome. Um, and it goes towards meals and uh, financially assisting people who are no longer employed with us, but are furloughed. So there are a lot of restaurants. Like if you guys have a favorite restaurant, order takeout, always pick up if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I know stay at home order, you shouldn't be doing that. So maybe don't when that happens, but there's less fees associated with picking up. So oh, yes. call the restaurant. Don't just go through the ordering systems. Call the restaurant. Ask if you can order pickup or delivery over the phone um, because then they're not paying fees. Some of these places, like, and, and I love ordering food to be delivered to my home. Don't get me wrong. I use them all the time. But some of these systems uh, charge about 30% yep. from the restaurant of the food and beverage. We, we did an entire podcast on how much I specifically hate how much money they take from restaurants. And yeah, I just, I agree with you. I mean, I think, I, I know a stay home order, you're supposed to stay home, but I do think that like, you know, going to pick up essentials and food is essential. Right. That's okay. Right. Just be safe. Yeah. You. I agree. And, and I know Illinois actually is in the process too of passing something so that these delivery systems are getting less. Like yeah. I think that Chicago is passing something where they're only allowed to collect 15%. Um, I saw it was on WGN or some news channel that I was reading, but I I do want to say like they did start off like delivery business has made it so much easier for us in general. So I do think that they should take a cut for sure. Like that's definitely not what I'm saying, but um, it's just been tough, especially in these times, but there's a website that we actually are on called talk. um, Mm -hmm. And it was started by somebody who started uh, a linea group. Um, So it, it's kind of connected in that way. And over the first like six months of the pandemic, they actually were offering 0% fees. Yeah. We, um, we uh, did a whole post on that because did you? Yeah. we actually integrate with talk and we're like, you know, friendly from um, software standpoints. Um, and yeah, I thought that was amazing that they did that at the beginning. It was fantastic. And they set us up and now we're like, okay, we're set. Like, and if they end up starting, I don't know if they're charging fees now, yeah. but um, what before they were just charging to cover the swipe fee. Right. Which like, <laughs> we have to pay that anyway. So it was really, really a cool, um, cool situation. Yeah. I think, I think companies like that, you know, anything that, we, and, and you know, and triple C too, and we had a lot of like relief funds and, and all that type of thing. Any way we could help our customers, because we know that, although they're not holding events maybe right now, that our system is still valuable to them. You know what I mean? And we didn't want them to lose that data in the hopes that like moving forward, they could use it to market. If they weren't hosting events, they could market for the future. Or, I mean, I really take out delivery um, using the lead form and now direct book. Um, So I think that I I just feel like it's, it's, you know, whatever we could do, we were trying to do. And I think it's nice that, um, that other places were also doing the same for sure. Talk is the only one I won't, I won't speak bad of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they've helped us a lot. And also like their customer support, they have the, like you guys do, which I love the like chat function where you just chat with them Mm -hmm. and then they solve everything right away. And you're like, thank God, I don't have to deal with this anymore <laughs> somebody on the phone um, i hate talking to people on the phone right for anything yeah, Email or yeah. Chat, please. <laughs> i'm the worst though. i will message your support sometimes because i'm like i don't think they're understanding what i'm saying because i'm really bad at explaining things sometimes and i'm like can somebody just call me please here's my phone number and i just patiently wait for somebody to call me <laughs> 
you can you can have your own support specialist. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I need it. No, I'm just kidding. But. I love that. I don't even know where we were on our on our list of questions here because I feel like we're on a tangent. Take I don't out. Have to do that. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I mean, you've obviously been giving us such great advice, and I feel like everyone can take take away some lessons from what you've been explaining. Um, to us today, but is there is there anything else that you want to talk about with like or or any tips that you have for how you were able to kind of perfect the whole takeout system that you put together? And is there anything else that you're kind of trying to promote in the upcoming months aside from your virtual events, like other like gift cards or anything else like that? Yeah, I mean, buy gift cards, guys, because it'll keep restaurants open. It'll help them once they reopen. So that for sure, I buy buy gift cards all the time. Secondly, uh, things we're really not trying to promote much other than the virtual stuff. Um, we'll, we also do meal kits that don't have a virtual aspect. So if you have a specific budget you're trying to stay within, um, we can just send the meal kit and it comes with the recipe, all the ingredients and um, like the, oh my goodness, the recipe, all the ingredients. And like on that recipe sheet, it tells you exactly how to like what ingredients are coming in the kit. So you can save that. And if you want to make it again, you just go to the store and that's your grocery list. So, and but for people who are trying to do this takeout model, I think it just takes time. One, <laughs> we had actually one situation and this is the one like biggest learning experience we've had. We packaged something to be shipped and it was the first time we were shipping something. And thank God this, this partner of ours has been, they've been booking stuff with us every week, doing co weekly cocktail classes with us. And um, we shipped a, oh, and you can't ship alcohol, by the way, just so people know, you cannot ship alcohol state to state or just in general. Um, so with these kits, what we would do is we would send them the food that would come with it. And they received it and the container we put it in, it exploded everywhere. Oh, and no. this poor person received a box with exploded hummus and salsa verde and like all this stuff. And we were like, oh my God, we didn't even think about the fact that we were shipping this. So we actually just sent it in the same containers with like an ice pack. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, so that's one thing. Like if you guys are going to ship, don't do that. Um, it was horrifying because the client, I'm like, the client sent us a picture of it. And me and my, my coworker, Kathleen, who we packaged it together, we both were just like, ah, oh, oh, sorry. Like we had no clue. Um, so screw top bottles, great. Mason jars, your best friend. Yep. So if you're going to ship things, vacuum seal, mason jars, whatever. Um, but do not just send like the two ounce container with the plastic lid. That does not work. <laughs> Doesn't work. So that's for sure something I would recommend not oh, doing. God, that's, funny. that's amazing. Um, and I saw, I saw you had noted too, um, how like, having these kits available and we've talked about this on a previous episode too makes the like michelin star restaurant experience more attainable to so just affordable. the average person i mean like boca restaurant right that's probably one of our well it is like a uh, boca and momotaro are probably our two more expensive options boca has a michelin star we're doing a chicken dinner for 54 dollars for two people it includes the chicken the sides and dessert oh and Honestly, Lee Wolin, who's the chef there, you you think chicken's boring until you eat his chicken. It is like 
I, no, I, I swear, if you guys are ever in town, you got to get it. But his chicken is hands down the best chicken in the city because he's like a healthier chef. He, he cooks in a healthier way. Um, and like, it, it's, it's just incredible that like you actually have access to these restaurants that like financially, most times some people just can't do it. Right. Um, and, and I know right now it's tough financially. Like I'm not eating out at all right now just because I'm trying to pay my mortgage. But um, it definitely like it's a really cool way to try new restaurants that you might not be able to afford in a normal world. It's kind of like restaurant week all year round. It's amazing. Right it's like you're getting better stuff, I feel like. Stuff off yeah. the regular menu. That's amazing. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So um, and all of those are available on top. So um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. It really has been cool. And like getting that for such a lot lower price is incredible. And it's still the same delicious food. Like the quality isn't different. We tried to get, I think we tried to go to Boca one time when we were in Chicago and it was just like, I mean, it was, you know, we had been booked for weeks. <laughs> I know a person, I can help you get a reservation if you I have no idea why we didn't reach out to you, but <laughs> that was dumb. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, it's like, I just, I think that's such an awesome idea because I, yeah. yeah, you just, even if like you're the type of person who's like, well, I don't have, like, I don't make reservations that far in, in advance. So I can't even get a table there, even if I did want to pay the prices. And now it's like, you can get the meal, the whole meal. Um, yeah. That price range is amazing. So yeah, if I live closer, I'd have chicken at least once a week. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And so he also had opened... Uh, like probably a week before the pandemic, we were supposed to, or like the shutdown, we were supposed to open this Gigi's chicken shop by Lee Wolin. That is like his grandma's fried chicken. Like that's what it's inspired by. And it is guys, I swear the best fried chicken sandwich you can get. And they send these and there's waffle fries and then these carrots and these just like all the sides. Like if you're in Chicago, order it. It is so good. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. And it actually like we, it comes out of Boca during the day. So another thing that we've started doing is really trying to utilize all of our resources. Right. So like Boca during the day, we don't do Boca food, but we run Gigi's chicken shop out of it. Oh, wow. What a great idea. Yeah. So it's just right now it's just all like everybody try whatever you can to make money. And if it works, keep going. And if it doesn't just move on. <laughs> Keep trying. Just keep trying. Yeah. Or just keep trying. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. And drinking for that matter. And also wine helps. Yeah. Um, wine helps. Crying helps. <laughs> uh, well, those are really good last words for the end of the podcast. <laughs> I think that's a good spot to end. At. I like it. I like it for sure. I, I end most podcasts telling people to cry and drink wine. So that, that works out really well. <laughs> Whatever your vices are, use them right yeah, now. Use so. those. <laughs> uh, this was great. Um, thank you so much, Ariana, for everything. I, I feel like you shared so much information with, with our listeners. Um, and I think that this is going to be a very valuable um, podcast for them to listen to. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate of course. It. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody ever, like, in the restaurant industry who listens to this, if you guys ever need anything, um, feel free to reach out to us at Boca Restaurant Group. We're... It's a team effort right now to keep everybody open. So let us know if there's anything that y'all need help with. So love it. Aww. Thank you. Thank you so much Bye. for joining us today. Of course. Thanks so much. You guys have a great day. You too. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Two Chicks, Three Seats. Your events industry podcast brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader for event management software. Find out more about Triple Seat at triplesseat.com.